Welcome to Bible Nerds, a Bible study podcast for people who want to know what the Bible says and learn how to study it on their own. In each episode, we are joined by friends ranging from expert scholars and theologians to novice Bible readers. Together, we dive into a passage to find out what it says about God, about people, and about obedience to gain a better understanding of our relationship with God. I'm Sam Davis, a missionary with Bridges International in San Diego, California. Hi, I'm Dan Davis, the editor and producer of Bible Nerds and Sam's twin brother. On this episode of Bible Nerds, my wife Jenna and I joined Sam to study today's study topic of Jesus' power, which took us to Mark 5, verses 1 through 20, where we learned about Jesus' authority over spirits. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Bible Nerds, where we show you that anybody can be a Bible nerd. I'm here with two of my favorite Bible nerds. I've known them for a really long time. One of them uh, a little bit longer. <laughs> this is Dan, my identical twin brother. Hey, Dan. Hi, my name is Dan. I'm Sam's identical twin brother. <laughs> Isn't he cute? And this is his amazing wife, Jenna. Uh, they've been married for 11 years now? 12. 12 years. Dang, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, Jenna. Hey, how's it going? Not bad. So Jenna is awesome. She is She's a really amazing person, and she is a Taekwondo instructor. And she is a world champion in Taekwondo as well. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Um, sure. I Yeah, I started training in Taekwondo, um, ITF style, for anybody who knows the difference. Years ago, uh, having an just incredible instructor who uh, had traveled the world uh, competing and stuff like that. And um, yeah, basically just... Uh, made the team uh, and was able to have the opportunity to compete in the Taekwondo International World Championships. Um, I I competed at the World Championships a few different times uh, without placing, without quite getting my, my goal. And then uh, in 2018, the last time that we went, I won the belt. Oh. Uh, yeah. In a middleweight, so. It's been a really fun uh, journey. You meet a whole lot of interesting people, people from all over the world, kick them in the head, <laughs> punch them in the face. <laughs> uh, and then later on, talk about how much fun we had punching each other in the face. So <laughs> um, yeah, I, I enjoy it. It's great. It's a great way to kind of see the world and everything too, um, along with the rest of my teammates and all that. So um, yeah, it's been awesome. And Dan is an incredible supporter of uh, that career choice and um, all the time I have to spend training and uh, and teaching, of course, when we're home and that kind of stuff. And of course, it's not all glitz and glamour. I got to still, you know, mop the school and clean the toilet. So <laughs> the, the life of a champion. <laughs> uh, but it's great. I, I, I love it. And I love teaching people the sport side of it, but also the the self-defense and like practical application side as well. So it's, uh, yeah, it's a good mix. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. Dan, tell us a little bit about what you do. So I'm Dan Davis. I'm Sam Davis' twin brother, which is the coolest thing about me. So ridiculous. <laughs> so I do a lot of different stuff. My brother, so Sam and I work on websites together. Um, I, my, one of my passions is film sound. I work on uh, films and videos. I do audio. Um, so anything from recording the audio on set to editing, post-production. I've worked on several films I'm very proud of. He's won some awards for some of the uh, films he's worked on. Won a couple of awards. Nothing you've ever heard of. <laughs> but you're, um, on your first time out, you won an award, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, actually, yeah. We did. At the Nashville Film Festival, which was really great. I've just been blessed to be able to work with some amazing people. You know, right place, right time, right skill set, I guess. Yeah, I just, I 
jack of all trades kind of thing, but um, that's one of my passions. Cool. Well, hey, uh, Dan and Jen, I'm really glad to be able to do this with you guys. You're two of my favorite people in the world, and you're a lot of fun, and you're, you're both very fun and smart people, and I, I love just talking about things with you and studying with you. So um, everyone out there, you're in for a treat. These guys are where it's at. <laughs> yeah. So, so far in our study sessions, we've done session one, God Creates. We've done Man Rebels, God Promises, and Jesus's Life. Uh, the next three are Jesus's Power, Jesus's Victory, and My Response. So today we're going to be on section five, which is Jesus's Power. I would love it if you guys would choose one of these options. We have Jesus heals a paralyzed man, Jesus calms a storm, Jesus has authority over spirits, or Jesus has authority over death. What do you think? Do you have a preference? I chose last time. Mm, I think that one's interesting. Okay. Jesus has authority over spirits. Ooh, interesting. All right. Mm. Let's go to Mark 5. Yeah. All right, and we are studying Mark 5. Verses 1 through 20, and this is a topic of Jesus having authority over spirits, talking about Jesus' power. Now, uh, we can use any translation. So far in these, I've used the NIV twice. I've, I've used, uh, I think, the ESV and the NASB, the New American Standard Bible. I would love to do a, a fresh one, a different one, what, whatever you guys would want to do. Well, there's one called the International Reader's Version. The new international readers version. That honestly, I don't know if you know, that is an amazing choice. Oh. Because that's that's oh. actually what we use with international students because it's such a clear translation. Oh, let's do it. Good pick. <laughs> well, we're getting off to a good start. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, which one of you would like to just read all the way through? We can just go mark five all the way one through twenty. Um, I'll go ahead and do it. Um, all right. Uh, they went across the Sea of Galilee to the area of the Gerasenes. Jesus got out of the boat. A man controlled by an evil spirit came from the tombs to meet him. The man lived in the tombs. No one could keep him tied up anymore. Not even a chain could hold him. His hands and feet had often been chained, but he tore the chains apart and he broke the iron cuffs on his ankles. No one was strong enough to control him. Night and day he screamed among the tombs and in the, and in the hills. He cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus a long way off, he ran to him. He fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, Jesus, son of the most high God, what do you want with me? Swear to God that you won't hurt me. This was because Jesus had said to him, come out of this man, you evil spirit. Then Jesus asked the demon, what is your name? My name is Legion, he replied. There are many of us. And he begged Jesus again and again to not send them out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs. Let us go into them. Jesus allowed it. The evil spirits came out of the man and went into the pigs. There were about 2,000 pigs in the herd. The whole herd rushed down the steep bank. They ran into the lake and drowned. Those who were tending the pigs ran off. They told the people in town and countryside what had happened. The people went out to see for themselves. Then they came to Jesus. They saw the man who had been controlled by many demons. He was sitting there. He was now dressed and thinking clearly. All this made the people afraid. Those who had seen it told them what had happened to the man. They told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to beg Jesus to leave their area. 
Jesus was getting into the boat. The man who had been controlled by demons begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him. He said, go home to your own people. Tell them how much the Lord has done for you. Tell them how kind he has been to you. So the man went away. In the area known as the Ten Cities, he began to tell how much Jesus had done for him, and all the people were amazed. Mm. Yeah, thanks, Jenna. Awesome. So let's let's look at words that might be difficult to understand. Uh, I, I love the New International Readers version, Dan. Thank you for choosing this one. Um, and I love it because they they really take out a lot of those big words and they'll break it down into a few words to sort of explain it and just make it really easy to read. Uh, so mm-hmm. this this will be a little easier for us. But if we're thinking about international students, what words might come up? That would be difficult. And I think even spirit could be just because there's so many different ways to oh, translate that yeah. word. Right. You know, they, yeah. some people might picture like, you know, boo, a ghost. And, you know, other people are envisioning like spirit as in a soul. So that that could be something that um, that might stop people. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And then connected with that, the word demon, uh, like in verse nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how would you explain this, the spirit concept to someone? I feel like you'd have to backtrack uh, a lot and kind of, uh, if you're keeping it biblical, you'd, you'd almost have to go outside of this passage to, you know, to explain like the spirit world that exists and the fact that it's not, yeah, it's not little like dancing devils or it's not, you know, things like that. You'd have to almost explain like angels and demons and then, you know, kind of otherworldly forces uh, that are at play just to kind of make sure that it's not this kind of... Um, Halloween, like, put on kind of <laughs> interpretation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree. Okay. And um, I think it's also important to note that it says evil spirit, you know, because God God is spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bible also says that we are to worship him in spirit and in truth. So it is important also to note. And um, you said something like that earlier. You said, you know, there are angels and demons, and that's something to talk about. Um, I think that's that's really good. Yeah, I would probably say something like, you know, God is a spirit. Uh, angels and, and and demons; these are spirits. So this is talking about some spirit that is evil, some sort of creature that God has created that is angelic in a way, but not good. <laughs> yeah. I can't really see any other words that are that would be confusing, personally, because um, you're right. This this version just does a really good job of breaking it down. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there is one that I think is might need to be broken down and that's the word legion my name is legion the demon says Mm -hmm. and i would i would just say that that's um in in this respect it's saying the demon is saying um there's not just one demon in here there's a bunch of demons in here that's as simple as it needs to be i think Mm -hmm. well hey great we have figured out some tough words or confusing words uh if you come across any others as we read let's you know go ahead and shout them out So Dan, how would you retell this passage in your own words? Uh, so there was a man possessed with evil spirits. Jesus approached the area. Well, the, the evil spirits and the possessed man immediately recognized Jesus as who he was, the son of the most high God. And when they did, they uh, shouted at him and begged him not to send them out, even though he demanded that they come out. And they begged him not to leave. So then 
they asked if they could go into a herd of pigs, and Jesus allowed it. As soon as that happened, those pigs ran to the lake and drowned, and the people who were tending the pigs, for obvious reasons, ran off, because that would just be a disturbing sight. And then they, uh, they ran off and told the people in the town and the countryside what happened, and then they, uh, a bunch of people came back to where the event occurred, where they found the man who had been possessed and just, well, yeah, he had been hurting himself and screaming and stuff and just acting like a crazy person. Well, he was just sitting there or standing there, I don't know, dressed and actually thinking clearly. And that, I don't know why that made the people afraid, I guess, afraid of the power that this other man, Jesus, had over that situation. I don't know. Um, but, the, oh yeah, so they're afraid of Jesus because of his power, I guess, and they begged him to leave the area. Uh, the man that had been possessed asked to go with him, and Jesus said, no, go back to your own people and tell them what we what happened here. Mm. Does that sum it up? I know it's probably not as short as you'd like. But... <laughs> no, that's that's great. Yeah, good summary. Uh, great. Well, Dan, thank you for that retelling. Jenna, thanks for reading that. Mm-hmm. Hey, now let's figure out what this says, what, what this passage says. So we're going to talk about what it says about God, what it says about people, and what obedience looks like from this passage. So let's go ahead and start with God. What does this passage tell us about God? That he is powerful. Yeah. Uh, even more powerful than the evil spirits. Yeah, yeah definitely. And, and just for the, for the audience, where are you seeing that in the passage? I'm seeing that in the fact that he commands evil spirits he told he told the evil spirits to leave the body and they knew they had no choice so they started pleading with him because they they knew they didn't stand a chance even before he said anything they were afraid of him so yeah exactly they they Mm -hmm. saw him a long way off and and they didn't run away from him they ran to him because they knew that there was nowhere they could go they ran to him to beg him yeah Uh, also it uh it tells us that you know even the evil spirits know who God and Jesus are, you know, even at a glance. Mm-hmm. I think it also shows God's kindness as well, or, or um, willingness to help someone who's been very just cast off by society. When they say this man had been, you know, had broken out of shackles a bunch of different times and stuff like that, so they, I mean, obviously. They tried to contain him and now is just complete outcast, you know, crazy person. Like how often do we see somebody who looks a little off or like that? That person's got a little bit of crazy and we'll like cross the street to like not even walk near, you know, somebody. And instead Jesus is not just, you know, going to where he is, but taking action, you know, to help to help this person who's so far gone that the rest of society won't even be around him. Right. Yeah. That's such a good point, Jenna. And it even says about the man's situation, like he, he had been chained, you know? So not only were mm-hmm. they wanting to avoid him, but they were wanting to keep him locked up because they were, they wanted to cast him out so much. That's mm-hmm. a really good point, Jenna. But he, he kept breaking the iron cups. It says no one was strong enough to control him. Okay, so I really like that first section then, like the one through five. It just shows the opposite 
of the of the way Jesus deals with him. And this is about the things that you guys mentioned. One, no one was able to do anything about his situation. And as Dan, like Dan was saying, so they weren't powerful enough. And two, like Jenna was saying, they just wanted to cast him out and be done with him. Don't want anything to do with him. And then Jesus comes and he does both. He's powerful enough and he's loving enough to deal with it. Does that represent what you guys are saying? Oh, yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay, what else do we learn about God? Well, going along with Dan's point of his power, um, the fact that, well, it says there were 2,000 pigs in the herd that all had the evil spirits cast into them. So that's making me think there's around 2,000 of the evil spirits as well. And mm. so Jesus alone was more powerful seemingly easily more powerful than 2000 um, of these evil spirits. So I think that also is kind of a testament to that power. Yeah. Um, yeah. There were at least 2000 because if you think about it, you know, multiple of those demons in, were living inside one human and then they all went out. I don't think that one demon could maybe possess two different creatures. So I was, I'm assuming there's maybe potentially more than one demon in each pig so it could have yeah. at least 2000 mm. right yeah that's a really good point yeah that's a lot of demons at the end this might be a little stretch but at the end of the passage when the man wants to go with jesus i feel like that's a pretty understandable response from that guy to just be like well let me go with you like you you can do this and you did this for me and so i just want to you know i want to come along with you and it, it would be very easy i think for uh jesus to be like okay sure and then that guy never really gains his life back or independence back or anything like that so but it's not just jesus saying no you can't come with me or anything like that he's like here's not only uh, you're not going to go with me but here's your purpose right it's also a very smart decision because Let's say God was like, yeah, come, come along. Well, and that guy told his story. What are people who didn't experience the situation going to do? Okay, yeah, sure, you were possessed by demons. Okay, you know, just not mm -hmm. believe him. But if he goes back to his hometown where everyone knows this man has been a crazy person for the last X number of years right. or whatever, then that's a much more powerful story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good, guys. So yeah, he he's really wise in not letting him go with him, and I agree. Like that, that's the 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 sorry the best group to tell that story to. Like you guys said, they know his backstory really well, and certainly believe it. I think also what this tells us about God, and forgive me if you've already said this. What this also says about God is that he he wants his story to be told. He wants his 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 self to be known. Mm -hmm his power and his i mean people may not view this as god's power and love but it certainly is that yeah yeah that that makes sense and you know you can tell somebody about yourself but a lot of times it has more impact if someone else tells you about them like if dan were to tell somebody like hey i have you know really great integrity and i'm you know honest all the time it's one thing for him to say that but to have other people say that about him you know, people are more likely to believe it. So I think it's a similar idea here of Jesus going like, you know, I can, you know, spend however much time going into these towns and stuff and just talking about myself, talking about God, or I can come and do something great for this person. And then that person can be my ambassador. I can go elsewhere. So, yeah. Do, do you know about that 
the bet that Dan and I have, like if you lose the bet, it's called, it's called like other brag or something like that. And it's whoever loses the bet has to brag about the winner to other people without the winner around. Well, I, I brag about you without you around anyway. So <laughs> yeah, but that's not the point. You, you do it with other people. Like we, we would do it to, to kids at camp and like they would lose a bet. And you're like, okay, you have to say some really nice things about me to other people while I'm not around. <laughs> It does what you're saying, dude. It just like lifts up that other person, and people are like, "Oh, really?" You know? Yeah, that's cool. But there's also something here in the last two paragraphs. So I don't know if it points to Jesus' strategy or his compassion, but I guess maybe more compassion, you know, because he he went in this situation, and you know, he wasn't a stranger to this to this area, you know, like he knows the hearts of man and uh even the, the that culture he lived there so i'm willing to bet he knew if he had done something like what he did you know releasing this man of his demons then he would be outcast from that society and not be allowed in to tell people about god but he did it anyway you know he he, he probably knew going in he would be shunned but he did it anyway and, you know, A, that shows his compassion because he was more worried about this one person possessed by demons. Two, it kind of shows the strategy behind the, the intelligence, the, the logic of, yeah, I might get shunned, but I'm going to send this this other person that I'm relieving of his demons into that same society that I'll be shunned from who will be an amazing prophet for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. And, and yeah, and that's that's reflected in the very last sentence of verse 20 and all the people were amazed all the people that shunned him and sent him away when the the crazy man came back and told the story um, even though they saw it witnessed it they believed it more or they they were more amazed when it was retold to them by the by the man who it happened to that's a really good point dan he's uh that he's sort of selfless in that way he doesn't care about his his own self being shunned or whatever I think that that says a lot about like the greatness of God and how, you know, people always say this and I I love it. They say like, God is bigger than your frustrations with him. You know, Mm -hmm. this last paragraph remind, because of what we were talking about reminds me of cruise mission with the, well, bridges international mission. We may not be able to go into certain countries, but we can train and develop and, and guide people who are going to go back to their home countries that we're not allowed to into. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the same thing here. Yeah. Yeah, that's great, Dan. Yeah. It really is, yeah. Absolutely right. I just might leave that in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, hey, let's, uh, great. We've seen a lot of really cool things about God from this passage by the things that Jesus did. So let's talk about what the passage says about people. What can we learn about people from this passage? So just to kick us off, you know, I think it it says that we can, people can be under the authority of evil spirits. We have the capacity of being under evil spirits, which is kind of a scary thing to realize and recognize. Uh, I think it says about people that they are afraid of things they don't know. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely a lot of fear throughout this entire story, like in it, for a lot of different areas, like some that are a little bit founded. Like if someone was running around screaming and breaking out of chains and, 
you know, that kind of thing. It's probably someone I would also be afraid of. But then on the opposite, when that person is helped, then, well, now they're afraid of the person that helped them. Like, so, yeah, I think I think a lot of times people just gravitate towards, yeah, fear of unknown of what's unknown to them. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. He, this guy seemed like a really scary dude, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he lived he lived in the tombs, which is the graveyard, basically. Uh, and he cut himself with stones. So can you imagine what he was willing to do to other people and probably did yeah. to other yeah. people? Yes. I, I think I would I would probably to be totally honest, I would probably be that scared of this person too. Because like these people obviously didn't have the power to cast out this demon. You know, and so right. what are you going to do? You know, he's causing a ruckus. He's cutting people or whatever. Just send him to the tombs. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, they um, this passage spends so much time kind of explaining what's going on and how scary this guy is and um, how he's just completely out of control and all that. And then at the end, like complete reversal. And I think that's something that is a lot of times like it's hard for us to remember that people can change and experience that type of reversal for yeah for lack of a better term but mm-hmm. in their lives i think it's it's easy to be really skeptical of somebody who's undergone a life change and well i guess it kind of gets into the power of jesus so kind of going back to the question you asked before but i think also like just the capability of people to change yeah 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 and change by the power of jesus right yes 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 yeah you know and a lot of the things that we can learn about what this says about people is in what we learn about Jesus, like in sort of the inverse of it. So we do, like you said, we learn that Jesus has that power, uh, which means here clearly we don't have that power or they didn't have that power, mm-hmm. at least like on their own, just on their own. They don't have that power. Now I'm not saying that we can't do things like this. Like, you know, if someone has an evil spirit, I'm not saying that, you know, there's nothing we could do about it. But the, I am saying that the only way we would be able to do something about it is by the power of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So that's just something that we can know about ourselves here. We don't have this power. Yeah, that's true. Something in here about people not willing to believe, or I guess want to believe things unless it's from a source they, they know, you know? Mm. I don't know. It's not fully formed. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you because I was trying to find something along those lines too, because it's... You know, first, the the people who had been taking care of the pigs went and told people, like, oh, my gosh, like, that just this just happened. And then everybody came back to gawk, <laughs> essentially, yeah. you know, and see what had happened and everything. And then and then later, Jesus telling the, the guy to go back into town and well, ten, the 10 cities and tell his story. So I think it's yeah, same same idea yeah. of like word of mouth and people needing to see things with their own eyes or, or hear things from someone who they know in order to believe something. So that seemingly like so wild and crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And can you imagine how great of a testimony that guy is going to have, you know, like that is just, you know, he, he's going to be just shouting the, his story all over the place. It had to have been just, just an amazing sight to behold, to see this guy so passionate about something, you know, and that's just, amazing for God, you know, to have someone that fervent with that wonderful of a testimony. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, so you're saying that's, that's a thing that we can know about people. Like what, what is that thing? Yeah, I don't know. 
Well, maybe it's that we, I mean, we, we have that, that's part of, of our relationship with Jesus, you know, um, being able to tell that story. If this guy has the story, Jesus obviously wants him. He told him to stay and to tell that story. And so that's something that, that we can know about people is that we, you know, yeah, Jesus is amazing. Um, and we have the ability to share that relationship with other people. I think that's really cool. Because we don't, we don't have to have had 2,000 plus demons in us, <laughs> you know, to be able to tell people about how awesome Jesus is and how he's changed our lives. But I couldn't wait. Well, I think we learned a lot about people from the passage. If you guys think of anything more later about what it says about God or what it says about people, please go ahead and bring those up. But for now, let's go to obedience. So what does obedience look like from the passage? Well, even the demons obey him. Mm, mm. First thing that jumps out to me. And they ran to him to obey him. (laughs) (laughs) I'm probably skipping a lot of things, but jumping to just the verses uh, 19 and 20 of this guy's desire to go with Jesus. Probably for lots of reasons. I mean, to because of his being grateful he can learn more from him i'm sure it was uh, you know there's a level of embarrassment and of going back into the town and everyone going oh it's that guy you know um (laughs) but jesus just like nope go back do it here's your purpose and the guy goes okay and he did you know just so he went it was it didn't say he like you know, kind of hung out for a while or went somewhere else or, you know, picked up a new profession first or whatever. It was yeah. he just, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I was given the directive. Yeah. Done. Yeah, that's really good, Jenna. Yeah, he just obeyed. He he asked God, or he asked Jesus uh, here. And, and and Jesus said, no, I want you to do this. And he, go, and he says, okay. Yeah, really good point, Jenna. 19 and 20. Man, I, I don't know. Like if I was that guy... I feel like I would have argued a little bit more. I'm like, what? No, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I really yeah, right. Go with you. These people chained me up and stuff. I get it, but well, he might have. I mean, this is probably not a verbatim retelling, right? True. Yeah, that's yeah. that's possible. Yeah. All I know is I I would have I would have argued a little bit more <laughs> trying to figure yeah. out. <laughs> come on, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. But in the end, like you said, Jenna, in the end. This guy did obey. Jesus said, mm-hmm. no, I want you to do this. And he says, okay. And he went back to that area where they chained him up and all these things. And he told him about, despite how they treated him, he told him about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And to that point, this doesn't seem like Jesus gave up a fight or gave a fight either when the people of the area told him to leave. Mm. The next sentence is Jesus was getting into the boat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I guess he knew his job was done there, you know, like as we were talking about earlier, mm. he did it really well where he had someone with an amazing testimony to go into that, the 10 cities, so he didn't need to. Right. What were we going to say, Sam? Well, I was going to say the, the way that they asked him to leave, it says 
the, then the people began to beg Jesus to leave their area. Mm. Yeah, they weren't just like, get out of here. They were like, will you please, please leave? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and, and clearly they saw his power. That's the thing. Like, this is such a, that's such a wild response to me. Um, they're asking him to leave because, okay, this guy, this demon-possessed guy is a problem, right? He's cutting himself, maybe doing bad things to other people. He's sleeping in, a, in the tombs. Like, he's... He just sounds nuts, and he he's a pariah on the mm-hmm. on their area. And Jesus comes in and fixes it. I mean, granted, he did kill two thousand pigs, but <laughs> you know, in the process, sort of. But then instead of instead of going, oh Jesus, that was awesome. Thank you for doing that. You know, bummer about the pigs. They were like, please leave. They were, get out of here. I just I just feel like that's crazy. And I guess it's like it's because they like they were with the man who had the demons, they are scared of, of Jesus. They were scared of that power and they're scared of this power, which mm-hmm. is obviously greater. Oh, yeah. Well, and to uh, continue on what you're saying, that tells us something else about people. People are ungrateful. Oh, oof. Man, that, hit, that hits hard. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. Well, and there could be so many, there's so many different possibilities to not knowing exactly who these people were that were coming in and the fact that it isn't explained exactly why they want him to leave. If these were, you know, influencers in the town or leaders uh, in the city who'd obviously not been able to contain this guy or do anything with him. Mm. That could, look bad. You know, that could, yeah, that could pose a, pro- a problem for them as well. Cause then all of a sudden you've got Jesus who coming in, you know, he's not even been there for 24 hours and this, you know, <laughs> guy that's been a huge problem for years is just <laughs> done taken care of and i'm up for re-election this yeah. year. <laughs> <laughs> uh i mean and it doesn't say necessarily whether these were leaders of the town or not but i can see that being a could be an aspect of it if that's mm. who some of these people were yeah i don't know I mean, that, yeah that's that's an interesting concept and uh, wh- what i said and what you said obviously we only have what's written here, so it is mm-hmm. conjecture. But I think that the one thing that we can know for sure is that they didn't know Jesus as well as they could have. Mm-hmm. People are assumptive. Consumptive. But Jenna, on, on your on your thing, I was for some reason I was imagining like a bunch of plumbers who've been trying to fix this sink for like three hours and they keep like pushing each other out of the way. Let me try, let me try. And this new guy walks in. He's wearing like a leather jacket and he grabs <laughs> he grabs a wrench, <laughs> throws it up in the air, catches it, twists one thing, turns it on, and walks away and tosses the wrench. And they're like, "Get out of here!" <laughs> <laughs> or, yeah. or instead, they're, they're, they would try to fix the uh, the disposal unit. They've been down there; and it's not working. He walks in with a leather jacket and flips the wrench, sets the wrench down, turns the switch on. And goes try it now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that happens to be that kind of stuff happens to be all the time with Dan. I'll be doing something or trying to do something, and I'll have like worked on it for like ever, and I'm, I'm so mad. And Dan's like, "Can I see it?" Okay, yeah. And he'll go, boop. And then it works. 
<laughs> magic, magic touch. <laughs> well, it looks like we've learned a lot about um, obedience from this passage, as well as what it says about God and what it says about people. Are there any last notes on obedience that we wanted to mention before we move on? That and everything more. How would you sum up what this passage says about obedience? Like if someone asked you, what's the lesson in obedience from Mark 5? You could say... I think the biggest takeaway for me from Mark 5 is even the demons ran to Jesus to obey him. Mm -hmm. So we definitely should. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I like it. (laughs) Collaboration of thoughts from before. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think another way to sum up is that obedience might not always look like what you thought it was going to. Uh, Mm. I think the guy that had the demons cast out of him, he wanted to go with Jesus. He's obviously willing to be obedient, be under his, you know, under his tutelage or under his power control or whatever, but that's not what Jesus had for him. So, you know, he was was obviously willing to be obedient, but he thought it was going to be by following him and going with him, not by leaving him (laughs) and going you know, somewhere, somewhere else alone. Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes it's a, it's a, your obedience might be, might come at you in a different way than you expect. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. You guys have knocked it out of the park. Like Dan got the first half. Jenna got the second half. <laughs> you get the third half. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, so the only thing that I think might be missing here is obedience also looks like knowing Jesus, knowing him well. So, you know, the, the reason that the demons ran to him, they knew they knew him. You know, they knew who he was. They knew mm-hmm. what power he had. And the reason that the, the people begged him to leave is because they didn't know him. You know, they, 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 they saw his power, but they didn't know his heart. So yeah. I think obedi- we, we can um, obey well and do, do like you guys said, run to him for, be- for obedience and do like Jenna said, obey him when he tells us to do a thing that may not be the thing that we originally wanted to do we can do that really well the more we know jesus the more we know jesus the easier it is to do that because we understand that not only is he powerful but he's loving mm-hmm. just tie it all up in a, in a bow got some good nut shelling you just did <laughs> nice. Okay, let's move on to what we call the obey section. So let's figure out, now that we have learned this, in light of this passage, how will your week be different? And let's make an I will statement. So take a minute to think how you can sum this up, hopefully in one sentence, I will blank. And it could be something as simple as I will make this my prayer this week. Okay, I got one. I think it's loosely formed. (laughs) I will make it my prayer that I can recognize what God's goal for me is and try to do that as opposed to my own personal goal. Mm. So I can try to obey him instead of try to do what I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess mine is kind of similar. So, um, so I will identify areas in my life where, you know, I may think I'm being obedient, but there's really something better that God has in store, but I haven't spent time really earnestly seeking whether what I'm doing is my form of obedience or Mm -hmm. his best plan for me Mm. and for him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's what it boils down to. (laughs) Mm. And that's the hard part of that, I think is, is because we, we're just inherently selfish, you know, like 
putting his plan above our own plans is obviously the right thing to do. And we like, it's so hard to do it. Mm-hmm. I think from, for me, my I will statement, and this stems from something that Gloria, so Gloria is my wife, for those of you who don't know, um, my beautiful wife, Gloria, mentioned that we should do is that when we do things like doing dishes, uh, instead of like watching Netflix to pass the time doing the dishes, which is what I always do, because it just makes dishes go by really quickly. Mm-hmm. Instead of doing that, maybe we can spend that time in prayer. And I, mm-hmm. I haven't been doing that, but that's going to be my goal. Because here, as we, as we said, the more we know Jesus and the, the more we know his voice and who he is, the better we are and the more easily we can obey. So that my I will statement is I will spend time listening to and praying to God when I do the dishes. Very practical. <laughs> <laughs> that's good though. You need you need a specific goals. So that's that's our I will statements. Uh, the other thing is this week, who can you tell about what you've learned? Um, well, we're still on lockdown at home. <laughs> um, but uh, I think we both make a few calls a week to friends and family members and stuff like that. So we can, we could probably choose, you know, one of the people who we're going to, or more than one of the people that we're going to, you know, call and connect this with this week anyway. And yeah, it'd be easy to even start out just by telling them about the podcast. And then that segues into, you know, what we, what we studied and our takeaways and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, guys, thank you for staying with me. This has been really good. We've learned a lot about God, people, and obedience. And and yeah, so and we have our I will statements. So I really hope that goes well for you. Would either of you want to close us out by a quick prayer? Okay. I did last time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, yeah, I'll do it. Okay. Uh, God, we thank you so much for uh, letting us come together today to study your word. Just pray that we can take what we've learned from this passage specifically about obedience, um, that we'll be able to just have it in our minds this whole week, um, find ways to obey you with, you know, with our time, with our resources, um, in our relationships. Um, help us really take a discerning look at how we're living and what we're doing um, and just make sure that we're doing everything according to your will um, and for your glory and purpose rather than our own. Um, but yeah, thank you that... Uh, Uh, for Sam for putting together these studies and these podcasts. And we just pray that um, hopefully this time will bless someone else um, and encourage other people to get into the word and really delve into everything that it has to say. Just thank you for this time together. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for nerding out with me. I love (laughs) you both. So this has been uh, Dan and Jenna and Sam, and I'll see you guys next time. Thanks. Bye. Bye. We like to think of a nerd as someone who wants to know as much as they can about a subject or topic. Our goal at Bible Nerds is to show you that anyone can be a Bible nerd. We want to know what does your obedience look like? What is your I will statement? Let us know in the comments below. If you have a prayer request or any questions, email us at wearebiblenerds at gmail.com. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. So I don't, Jenna, I don't know if you wanted to promote anything like Rock City Boxing. So in addition to teaching Taekwondo, which you can check us out at stevenstkd.com. That's our, our website that Dan put together, actually. So <laughs> that's why it looks so good. <laughs> but I'm also involved. Uh, I coach 
for a Rocksteady boxing program. And it's a non-contact boxing program um, that's actually international. You can find affiliates all over the world. Um, and it's for people who suffer from Parkinson's disease. So high intensity exercise uh, is proven to help slow their symptoms. And, you know, people have all kinds of different symptoms with it, including like balance and gait and speech and stiffness and everything else. So boxing ends up being a really good uh, workout for them. So it's it's not a like a biblical organization or something like that, but it's a really good program that's been super effective um, for uh, at least the boxers that are in uh, my program at Rocksteady Boxing in Middle Tennessee. So if you or someone you know has Parkinson's disease, you know, check out, check it out. There's um, probably an affiliate in your area because they're, like I said, they're all all over the place now. So that would be that would be my main plug just because of um, I think that can be really helpful for a lot of people. So we get strong spirits and then uh, strong, strong bodies as well. So 